All right, everyone, I, I want to bring us back in. How difficult was that? Was that difficult to do? Why do we wait till Sabbath morning to do that? Why can't we take out the time every single day to look someone in the eyes and tell them God loves you and so do I? To look at someone in the eye and tell them that yes, you're going through a hard time, but you are not what you do. You are who God has created you to be. You are more than a conqueror. We are created in the very image of God, but not just me, so are you. So right now with that word of encouragement, I wanna have a prayer of encouragement. Lord God, maybe there's someone here who is really down on themselves. Maybe there's someone here that is riddled with anxiety, someone that's riddled with depression, that doesn't know where to turn to. And God, that is why we are here. We are here to worship you because Lord, in worshiping you, we see you and we see how you see us. Lord, you don't see us for our failures. You see us not only for our successes, but God, you see us for those who are fearfully and wonderfully made. And God, now the choice and the decision is ours to rather to grow up into that encouragement or rather than to listen to the enemy and listen to the world and continue to be down upon ourselves. So Lord, now in this moment, we choose prayer. We choose Jesus Christ. We choose strength. We choose Jesus. And in that wonderful name, we're asking for this moment to be for us to stand tall and proud and opening up your word and receiving you so we can leave here and encourage someone as we have been encouraged. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, as a, a, a quote is going up here this morning, uh, my scripture is entitled, The Mindset of Prayer. The Mindset of Prayer. And I was hit with a quote this week. And this quote says uh, from Stephen Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Leaders, we see the world not as it is, but as we are, or as we are conditioned to see it. I want to take this a step further. We see God not as he is, but as we are. What do I mean by this? That sometimes we can be so caught up in ourselves that we start becoming synonymous with God. All right, some, some of you still are not following me. I, I want you to understand this, that sometimes in order to justify or get by, especially in our religion, we, we feel down about what we have done. And so therefore we say, well, I'm not as bad as, insert whatever person you, you don't think you're as bad as, or you can look on social media or you can turn on the television and say, look at those sinners over there, but God, me, I'm great. If those of you don't understand what I'm talking about, look up Luke chapter 18 later and you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. We love to put God in our image rather than recognizing that we are in the image of God. And what this does is, I'm going to tell you right now, it affects our prayer life. If I think I'm synonymous with God, then therefore when I'm praying, I'm saying, God, yeah, we're great, we're doing great, and we're doing these great things, and, and God, don't forget about this, and, and God, don't forget about that. And we start commanding God of what we want him to do, and God becomes our genie rather than our God. Mark chapter 10. Now, some of you are familiar with this passage. Mark chapter 10. Jesus is with his disciples, and we see here... Uh, Verse 35, James and John, they come to here saying, teacher, will you do whatever we ask? And they ask to sit on his, left hand, on his right hand and his left in glory. In other words, God, we want to rule with you. In other words, God, we want to seem more important than the other disciples because we think that we are better. 
For those of you who are not familiar with this, Mark chapter 10, verses 43 and 44 and 45. I have 45 and four, uh, 44 and 45 here on the screen. But 42 says, Jesus called to them and said to him, you know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lorded over them and their great ones exercise authority over them, but it will not be so among you. Instead, listen to this, verse 44. Whoever of you desires to be first shall be a slave of all, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Now, you might be saying, Pastor Swoops, I, I thought we were supposed to be talking about prayer today. What does this have to do with prayer? I, I want us to understand that it's not just about this time of, of spending three hours a day in prayer and just becoming so spiritual and so aesthetic that, that we just, we rise and transcend above everyone else. The mindset of prayer is, is, is something that, that is different. It's, it's something that Jesus was trying to explain to us. And let me tell you this, for 37 years of my life, I did not get it until last year. The scripture is now going to go to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. I, I want you to understand what's, what's happening here. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place. In other words, it was his custom. Jesus prayed all the time. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you this. You know how often the average Christian prays? This is research done by Joseph Kidder, a seminarian professor at Andrews University. He found that the average Christian prays less than three minutes a day. And you know what? Thank goodness for the pastors because we've, we've really brought up the, 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 the realms and we've brought it up. We've strengthened it. I see Pastor Samson over here. Pastor Michael, Pastor Kent, I see you over here as well. Pastor Russ, I see you back there as well. You know, you know, we're doing a lot better. We're praying an average of seven minutes a day. And we're saying, you know what? <laughs> it's more than double, right? Amen, Michael. <laughs> you know, I, I really believe that because we think we're so in good with God, we don't need prayer. Because it rains on the just and the unjust that, God, you're going to provide whatever I need no matter what. And therefore, when I pray, I feel guilty about what I've done and haven't done. So therefore, I'm going to stop praying. Listen to this. Now, it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he, uh, when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John ta also taught his disciples. Verse 2. Listen to this. And he said to them, when you pray, say, my Father in heaven. What? 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 Oh, that, some, someone caught it, right? What, what does it say? Okay, all right. I'm going to keep going. Hallowed be our name. Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. There's a, U, there's a Y there, right? All right. Hallowed be your name. Our kingdom come. Our will be done. Wait, there's, there's a Y there. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, I, I'm going to continue on with this because this is something that I, I need us to see because we have a plurality problem. Luke chapter 11, verses 1 and 2, going on to 3, give us this day my daily bread, no, our daily bread, and forgive us of our sins as we also forgive everyone who's indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The reason why I share this with you and I shared Mark chapter 10 is because in the mindset of prayer, Jesus had this in mind. 
And we see it in, in John chapter 17. Uh, this is the, uh, the prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane that I am very near and dear to, to because he's saying, Lord, Father, make them one as you and I are one. In other words, in his very troubling time, Jesus was not praying for himself only. He was praying for others as well. You see, I, I think that the problem is, if you go back one verse, if you go back to Luke chapter 11, verse 1, when it says, uh, uh, actually, yes, Lord teaches to pray as John also taught his disciples. Now go on to verse 2. We see here, when you pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He's telling us to pray in the plural. And now I'm giving you this challenge because I, I want you to think about it. When's the last time you prayed in the plural? It's probably when you're standing in a circle and you're, you're holding hands or when you're standing on stage and you're praying. But in our private place, when is the last time you actually prayed for others as much as you pray for yourself? I, I think there's something wrong here. I think the enemy has really got us going. And I think that there's something. We don't have any power in our prayers because our prayers are so selfish and so self-fulfilled that therefore God is saying, that's not how I move. I want you to pray for the plurality of the world, for our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be his name because we're worshiping him and not ourselves. In other words, we're putting the plurality in the wrong space. It's our Father. Your prayers and my needs are synonymous. They, your, your needs matter as much as mine. Therefore, when I'm praying, I'm praying for you as much as I'm praying for myself. Some of you still are not understanding this. If you want to change your life around, start praying for others as much as you're praying for yourself. And, and listen here, I, I'm going to get into this a little bit later, but I'm not talking about the prayer of, Lord, help my wife to cook better food, right? No, listen here. She cooks excellent, right? Don't, don't, oh, she's not here, right? All right. Don't throw you, <laughs> yeah, you, uh, careful, careful. Listen here. I don't need to pray that prayer because she already cooks great, all right? But okay, let me change it around. Lord, help my children to be the best well-behaved children ever. Who's that really benefiting? Me! <laughs> Even in our unselfishness, we're still selfish. But when I start praying for Pastor Sampson and his marriage, when I start praying for Sativi and his ministry there at Ozark, what benefit does that have of me except for the Lord is moving and I get the benefit of being a part of the Lord's army? of recognizing that we are soldiers together, but what good are soldiers that don't know how to fight? What good is a soldier that doesn't know how to pick up his sword? What good is a soldier that doesn't know how to pray in the Lord's army? And the, and the enemy is sitting back and he's folding his hands and he's laughing because he says, Lord, you're saying that they're praying an average of three minutes a day, but I'm calculating at Southwestern Adventist University is less than 30 seconds a day. I'm calculating at Ozark Adventist Academy that they're praying when they have to before class, but before they go to bed, they're checking their social media and they're doing this and they're doing that before they go to school and they're, they're doing all sorts of things, but Lord, they're not connecting with you and therefore I'm winning. You, you know, I, I recognize something. I, I really changed this up with my prayer partner of praying for others as much as I pray for myself. Now, listen here, I don't have an actual timer there, but I, I have this and this year, I don't, I don't believe it should be a formula, but I had to start off with a formula. And I said, you know what? I'm praying about this much time for myself. Let me pray this much amount of time for someone else and see what happens. And you know what happened? My eyes and my ears and my heart started to open up to actually do things for others. 
to actually do things for others. If you go to the next slide, we'll see here uh, a quote from Ellen White. I also have it here. And it says this, those who thus exercise the Christian graces will grow and will become strong to the work for God. They will have clear spiritual perceptions, a steady growing faith, and an increased power in prayer. The Spirit of God moving upon their spirit calls forth the sacred harmonies of the soul and answer to the divine touch. Page 80, paragraph 2, Steps to Christ. And uh, let me ex explain to you what this is talking about. As we go out and we start doing things for others, outside of ourselves, altruistically, there's something that happens. Our prayer lives become stronger because I'm invested in you. My prayer time is now invested in you. And this is the will of God. Thy will be done on heaven and on earth. Not my will, not our will. Thy will be done on heaven as it is on earth. God is causing, is causing and calling us to move outside of ourselves, to care for others as much as we care for ourselves. And if there's something I could say that is destroying the United States, that is destroying the world, that is destroying the church, it's this idea of self above others. When we serve a Savior who said others even before myself. You say, well, how can you know that with certainty? How do you know that was really the mindset of Christ? We have a cross that proves it. We have a ministry, we have a life, we have parables, we have stories, we have true accounts that are written down here that tell us that our Savior had a heart for people like we've never seen before, and now he is asking us as soldiers to do the same and start by taking out time every single day of praying for others as much as we pray for ourselves. You know, you still don't understand what this looks like, I, I really don't believe it's rocket science. Uh, I, I know that the Lord's Prayer is going to be described in more detail, but, but if we can understand this, if you're looking for purpose, do you realize, and we could go around this room right now, I know every single one of us, our lives have been touched by prayer, and oftentimes it was prayer that was someone else that prayed for us. And they had no other benefit other than to pray for us. I want to share this right now. Uh, there's a time where my family and I, we came together for prayer, and this was just about two weeks ago. And as we were having our family worship, and we start mentioning uh, prayer time, and, and there was a little baby that we were praying for, and my daughter said, Dad, do you think that God can really save this baby that was, that was born way too early? And when we start talking about it, and we start praying about it and thinking about it, and the, as the weeks progressed and this baby's life was saved, she says, Dad, was that our prayer? I said, no, that was all of our prayers. And then she asks this other question. She says, what about the little babies that are not saved? You know, I, I think there's a lot of us in here whose lives have been touched because we prayed and our prayers were not answered. And that's when it gets into as, in, as it is in heaven, as it is on earth. What happens in heaven is happening on earth. And I truly explained to her, that sometimes what we see here on earth that doesn't happen the way that we want it to, the things that happen in our hearts are what God wanted to happen, and the eternal things that happen of God saving that little baby, those little babies eternally, will matter when we get to heaven as well. In other words, don't get tired of fighting. Don't stop fighting. Don't quit. Keep on fighting, but we need all hands on deck, or should I say, 
We need all knees on deck. <laughs> if you aren't praying at all right now, I'm challenging you right now to start praying just one minute a day. Can we do that? Some of you are nodding your head. If, you are, if you're praying two minutes a day, I'm asking you to increase that to, to, to four minutes. If you're praying four minutes, I'm asking you to go to eight. If you're praying for an hour a day, you can keep it there, but you can go to two if you want to, right? <laughs> I share this, and, and you know, I, I'm speaking of particularly Acts chapter one, verse eight. And you shall receive power, and, 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 and when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and then he tells them that their ministry will begin in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria to the ends of the earth. I want you to challenge you to have prayer that way. Jerusalem is yourself and your family, those closest to you. And then I want you to start praying in Judea. And, and to me, Judea is your friends, your church, your extended family, your coworkers, Samaria, your enemies. Yes, pray for your enemies, your local politics, conference leaders, and the end of the world. But we're talking about those, those maybe national politics. We're praying for those people. We're praying for Ukraine. We're praying for Russia. We're praying for China. We're praying for the big picture. And we're praying for God and his Holy Spirit to move upon all of us. If you're not praying at all, start praying. And I, I promise you, I guarantee you that God will move. He has made a contract with us saying, I will move when my children ask me to move because I will not force myself upon them. My, my friends, my church, my family, I'm asking us to pray for God to start moving. And I promise you, he will move.